0: various ways spoken, time past to the fathers by the prophets. God has spoken. There's people walking around today looking for to know what God's will is, what his purpose is, who he is. And friends, God's already shown us. <laughs> There's nobody going to be able to say I didn't understand, I didn't know. The Christmas story is one of the most known popular stories you'll ever see on the face of the earth. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that Not only did He speak through the prophets, but He's speaking today in these last days through His Son, Jesus. And friends, if you'll just look, if you'll just listen, if you'll just seek God, you will know exactly what God wants to do in and through your life. Think about this. God went through all this effort through Old Testament prophets to write down prophetic, messianic scriptures, over and over and over that his son fulfilled that many just right there in his first two years jesus whole life was spent fulfilling prophecy that was spoken by the old testament prophets that there's no way could have been a coincidence an accident he couldn't even purposely have done this had he not been who the bible says he is he's god's son he's the the one and only one who could do what he did and friends If you look, there's a verse that I love. It says, when the fullness of the time had come, God didn't just send him out of nowhere. God made great preparation. He used much effort. He took history, centuries. He took the whole word of God. He took his work through his people and spoken by his prophets, the Lord spoke. You know, one of the most important verses, the most important phrases, I believe, in the Bible is one that we don't even pay much attention to. Thus saith the Lord. Do you know how many times the scripture says that? Thus saith the Lord. When you read the scriptures, you're reading God's voice. You're hearing the Logos speak the truth of God. And the Bible says when the fullness of time had come, when God had everything prepared, when God had got everything ready... When everything was done in a way that we would have the ability to know, to see, to understand, to recognize, to have enough faith to believe it and trust it and receive it, He sent Jesus. He didn't send him right after Genesis. He didn't send him even right after he gave the law in Exodus. He didn't send him right after he created the priestly um, priesthood in the sacrifice. He sent him after a bunch of history and a bunch of evidence that he gave that would undeniably prove that Christ is who he says he is. I want you to think about this. When the fullness of the time had come, if you look at the first beginning, how many of you love how the New Testament starts? It starts with a genealogy. (laughs) Now, How many of you are interested in your genealogy and you've went back and doing what a lot of people are doing and you've been trying to find out where you came from? I don't want to know. Amen. might find out something I don't want to know but I'm gonna tell you what you didn't have to to the Jews to the Jews God created a people and he created a life that they were proud to be from who from whichever tribe and they kept meticulous records records that can't be denied even by secular non-believing people who don't even believe the Bible And they kept these records. And it starts out, if you look, the first thing it says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The son of David and the son of Abraham. And then it starts out, Abraham begot Isaac and Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot 12 sons. But which one does it list? Judah. You think that's an accident? Jesus had to be from the tribe of Judah. He had to be able to be traced back his lineage. He's called the son of Abraham. And it gives you the lineage for the first 1,400 years. And then it goes to David, son of David. And then it says, who begot Jesse, who was begot from the lineage of Judah. And Jesse begot David, who was the king. And it was the king that God gave a prophetic promise to. That David, because of you, because of your faithfulness, I make a covenant with you that they will never not be a king on your throne. And he will sit and he will keep an everlasting king on your throne. And so he made that promise to David. So the Messiah throughout the Old Testament over and over and over is proclaimed to have to come through the lineage of David and the lineage of Abraham. And that's what he's showing you. And he goes on and it says that for the first 1,400 years it went to... David, and from David to the captivity was 1,400 years. And then the next 1,400 years, it says right there in verse 16, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. And look at what it says. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations from David into the captivity in Babylon, or 14 generations from captivity in Babylon until the Christ of 14 generations and it says now is the birth of jesus friends listen if jesus could not trace his lineage back to where he was born directly under the lineage and genealogy of david he could not be the messiah if he couldn't trace his lineage back and have some have solid proof that he was of the son of abraham he couldn't have been the messiah but friends god puts all this it took time you see God's working through history. You know what? You say, well, man, that's unbelievable. How important, how awesome was the birth of Jesus? Well, you know what? There's nobody else's birth that's ever separated how we record history. (laughs) When he was born, do you know what happened? The world may not want to admit this, but we still measure the calendar by B.C., before Christ, and A.D., in the year of our Lord. Only Jesus could do that. It's all before you. God's laid it out where you can not deny that this Jesus cannot be just a normal child. The Bible says about this Jesus that he would be born of a virgin. And the Bible tells us, how can that be? It tells you in this account and in Mary's. Can you imagine poor Mary when she's betrothed to Joseph? She's a pure, holy, seriously in love with God little girl and An angel shows up and says, Mary, you're fixing to be pregnant with the Son of God. How can this be? She said, I've never known a man. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And he's going to overshadow you. And that which is going to be conceived in your womb would be that of the Most High. And he will be great. (laughs) And it gives you a list that we're going to look at next year. And Mary's probably thinking, oh my God, how am I going to tell Joseph? We're looking at Joseph today. Joseph's going, how am I going to tell my daddy? How am I going to explain this to my friends? My beloved little bride is pregnant. And then he has a dream. And the dream convinces him that, hey, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit why is the virgin birth so important because if he didn't have a virgin birth if he wasn't conceived by the Holy Spirit he was conceived by someone who came from the lineage of Adam and Adam gave us something he inherited we did from him a sin nature and if Adam or any man who came from Adam would have been Jesus's dad his father He would have inherited what we inherited. That's why it says he was born of a woman. He was born under the law. Through through Mary, he was born of a woman. And he was born under the law. He humbled himself. He became a man. He dwelt among us. And he was under the law. But guess what? He was never like us in bondage to it. Only Jesus Christ has overcome the law. Every one of us was a sinner long before you heard about the law. The law didn't make you a sinner. The law showed you that you are a sinner. You lied before you ever heard. Don't lie. You were stingy and selfish and covetous long before you heard. Do not covet. The law didn't have to make you a sinner. You already was. It just revealed what we are. And because of that, every one of us are not only under the law, we're in bondage to it. We're indebted to it. We owe a penalty because of it. Every one of us has transgressed and broken the law because we inherited a sin nature from Adam. Jesus, his daddy, his father was God. But at the same time, his mother was Mary. He was the God-man. He was all God. He was all man. And friends, he was born under the law. He lived under the law. He lived like us. But look at why. To redeem those who were under the law. We all need to be redeemed. Only a baby like Jesus could be worthy and capable and able to be a savior to a world full of sinners like us. And in the fullness of time, when God had everything ready, when God had it where we would know, you see, before we would ever realize we need grace, we first had to experience the law. The law was never intended to save us. The law was our tutor to bring us to a point where we realized our bondage that we needed to be saved. And I don't know about you, have you tried not to break the law lately? Have you really tried hard not to sin? Have you figured out yet it's impossible? That even though you're saved and redeemed and you've been given new life and you're born again and the spirit of God lives in you, you still have an old man that does not want to die. But thank God Jesus brought access to the new man. The man that is not of Adam, the second Adam, the man who come from heaven. And he came to die for us. Look at what he tells us in our passage this morning. Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Son of Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And because he's conceived of the Holy Spirit and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. Friends, not everybody is a son or daughter of God. We're the creation of God. But the Bible tells us in John's gospel that Jesus gave us the right to become children of God. Listen what it says. The Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, the Logos, the Word of God, incarnate, was with God from the beginning. It says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. That's this little baby we're all celebrating who was born as one of us. And it says this, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Nothing's changed. (laughs) We preach, and we teach, and we, we proclaim, and we celebrate, and we give a special day to honor his birth. And most people will honor a fat man in a red suit more than him. And Jesus, it says right here, but as many as would receive him... To them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Listen to this. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. Do you remember what Jesus said while he was here? Don't matter how religious you are, Nicodemus. It don't matter how righteous you may look to other men. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter my kingdom. Only this little baby has the power and the ability to give you the cleansing from his blood that can make you receptive to be born again and filled with the life of God, his spirit, and make you and receive you as an adopted son yourself. See, he came to redeem us who were under the law, who had broke the law, who had owed the penalty of the law is separation from God in hell for eternity. That's the penalty. But the debt that he paid took that penalty away that we might receive the adoption as sons Friends, I don't know about y'all, but when I think about what God did for us so that we could be saved and how he sent Jesus. I'm not going to waste my time celebrating and showing people all this secular stuff. I'm sticking with the old stuff. I don't care how bored they are. At our house, it's Jesus. Amen. It's not about all the other stuff. It's about him. We had enough of that before we come to know him. How about you? And friends, what they need to understand and know, yeah, they can do that. They can want to see that. It's not like you're going to go to hell because of it. But you can let it take away what true Christmas really is if you're not careful. That's why I say I'm going to stick with the prophets. I'm going to stick with the Word of God. I'm going to listen to these two stories that come from Matthew and Luke. And I'm going to make that what I'm going to be focused on Christmas Day. And he says right there that he came to save us. Friends, I don't know about y'all, but when you look at this Jesus, Jesus Christ, no one can be this but Jesus. This is another one of those prophecies from one of those prophets that God gave, that he sent Jesus so that it could be filled in due time. Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born. That's his humanity. A child was born to Mary, and Joseph, his stepdad, raised him. But unto us a son is given, that's his deity, that's the godliness of him. As a son, he came from God. And as a child who was born under the law, he was able to live as one of us. He was able to be one of us so he could die for one of us. I was studying this the other day. How many of you know who Jerry Vines is and was? Great, one of the great preachers of our time. He's still living, he's not actively pastoring. He pastored First Baptist Jacksonville for years. He wrote the Vines um, Greek, New Testament stuff. He says what God did in Jesus was he grew himself some skin. <laughs> because for God to be able to save us, he had to become one of us. And for God to become one of us, he had to be us. And so he, through his great wisdom, decided to find a little girl named Mary and he decided that he would conceive in her by the power of the Holy Spirit the third person in the Trinity and he would take the Logos, the second person in Trinity, the begotten and one and only Son of God and he would put him in that womb and God the Father in his great wisdom and great power would allow that little baby to grow just like me and you but he was never one of us completely and that baby was born and he was laid in a manger, and he lived a sinless life. He was never overcome by the law. He overcame the law. And that Son was given to us. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's an unbelievable. How can we get tired of it? I never get oh, huh? I'm forgiven. My sins are washed away. I've been made new. I'm redeemed. I was under the bondage of the law. I was owned by the law. The devil had me, but a Savior came. And his name is Jesus. And he is God. And he was God. And he will forever be God. And he's my personal Savior. How about you? See, I know him now. And the unbelievable thing is he knows me. And even though he knows me, he still loves me. How about you? Only a Jesus can do that. And look at what it says about him. It says that the government will be laid upon his shoulder. Everybody today is worried about the government, worried about the election, worried about Democrats, worried about Republicans, worried about the... I ain't worried about it. Because the government that I'm going to be under for eternity isn't this one. It's going to be the government that this king will rule, that he will reign That he will be over it all and is it going to be good oh it's going to be wonderful his name is called wonderful how wonderful is he how wonderful a child is jesus jesus was so wonderful that like i told you the calendars divided by him before christ and in the year of the lord jesus he separated he is wonderful how many of you know him today can't say he's wonderful has he ever done anything to you that you would say was not wonderful everything i read about him everything i've personally experienced by him everything you see jesus no one was more wonderful than jesus he's also counselor how many times have you been in a situation in life where you was confused, where you were scared, where you didn't know what to do, where you felt lost. And Jesus took this word that was given to us by the prophets that he fulfilled perfect. That he came to show us who God is and God counseled you. And he took a word and the Holy Spirit took it and gave you understanding. And it gave you peace and it gave you hope and it reminded you that I'm not alone. Why ain't you allowed alone? Because Mighty God's here with us. He's mighty God. There's no other child ever born that could be called wonderful counselor and mighty God. Because he's mighty God, whatever he counsels you with, he can do it. I love what what Brother Dennis says all the time. There's two things God can't do. God can't lie and God can't fail. And whatever God says, he will do. Amen? And I don't know about y'all, there's a lot of people that counsel. There's a lot of people can make promises, but only God can keep them. And this whole book is filled with his promises. He's mighty God. When Jesus was here, he caused the lame to walk. He caused the blind to see. He gave deaf ears to hear. He took people who were dying with leprosy, which is equivalent to stage 4 cancer. And the doctor's saying there's nothing else we can do. And he healed them. But the most amazing thing he did was he raised the dead. Only mighty God can do that. And the unbelievable thing is this same God, son, is our everlasting father. You know, you may have a father who disappointed you. You as a father may have disappointed your children. But this father never, ever disappoints because he's wonderful. He's mighty God. His counsel is perfect. And he's everlasting. He never leaves us. Jesus said, I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you even unto the end. And friends, I don't know about y'all, but have you figured out yet? He is the source of peace. Until you know this Prince of Peace, you will never have peace. There's peace to be found. The peace beyond understanding. Not only the peace with God, that your sin debt is paid. That you're redeemed. You're no longer under the law and bound to the law. You've been set free. You're no longer a captive. Now you're adopted. You're no longer a slave. Now you're a son. And he's your everlasting father he's the mighty god who takes care of you provides for you lives with you he's wonderful he gives you perfect counsel he's your everlasting father and he's the prince of peace it's one thing to have peace with god but how many of you know what i'm talking about when you say i got the peace of god that's what jesus brings what a child what a wonderful child he is how can you not want him in your life you see You can hear about it. You can know about it. But until you make him this, your Savior, you'll never, ever know what I'm talking about. I don't know about y'all, but isn't it amazing that you can be living in a world like this? Looking at what we see every day on the news. With all the things going around us that makes life look like it looks. And have peace to have a father that's with you that'll never leave you he's everlasting that can do anything he says who's give you much counsel and promises through the Word of God the greatest thing he'll ever do is what he said he came to do to seek and to save that which is lost so that he can save you my friend today you may sit troubled you don't know what eternity brings after your last breath When you close your eyes for the last time and you wake up to never sleep again, where will you spend eternity? You say, well, how can you know? I know for sure where I'm going because this baby promised me. He said, everyone who comes to me, I will by no means turn away. He said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And Jesus says today to every person in this room, come to me, for I have come to you so that I might give you life. And that I might give it to you more abundantly. The Savior, Jesus, is here. He's come. And I don't know about y'all. I look around and I'm amazed at how we tend to sometimes forget. You know, Christians, we spend much of our time talking about seeking God's will and his purpose. And what does he want to do in our life? As though it was hidden and difficult to find. I can tell you without any doubt with full 100% biblical support, certainly what God's perfect will is for every life, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants, every single person. It's not hard to figure out. He sent his son, he put him on a cross, he gave him to the world so that he could live and die for us so that we could be saved. You see, we're looking around all the time, people's talking about, What's the will of God? Well, I got news for you. I got a revelation for you. God does not hide his will. If you want to know his will, he'll show it to you. The Bible says, if you seek, you will find. God said, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. The Bible says, call to me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. God has made it easy to know and recognize who Jesus is and why he came. If anybody leaves this earth not saved, it ain't Jesus' fault. It ain't the prophet's fault. It's not the church's fault, the true church. (laughs) It's your fault, especially those sitting here today because God brought you here by divine intervention, just like he sent his son here that way. You see, we do not have to plead with God to reveal to us what his will is. He's more than eager to reveal his will and purpose for our life. In fact, I think he's more willing to show us than we're willing to receive it. Today, God has shown us throughout the word of God Experience would prove it to you if you just be honest with yourself that we can't save ourselves, that our religion is nothing but filthy rags, that there's no righteousness that we can manufacture of our own effort. The only one who could ever save us is this little baby. And the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that so we in him could become the righteousness of God. What an unbelievable truth. Today, Jesus came, this little baby who grew up, became a man, who did all these wonderful things we read about, who gave all this unbelievable counsel and truth, who did things that only a mighty God could do and who said he'll love you even till the end. He'll never turn you away. Your everlasting Father, the one and only one who can give you peace in your heart that even though you walk... Through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. For the Lord himself will walk with you and comfort you. That God is here today. He'll save you. The greatest Christmas present you'll ever get is to be saved and know that you belong to Jesus. And Jesus belongs to you. Today we sit here with people that spent many Christmases. But I'm here to tell you from personal experience... Christmas is nothing without Jesus compared to what it is when you have him. Christmas is Jesus, and Jesus is here today. We're gonna have a song of invitation. It's a good old song called Just As I Am. You don't have to dress up, fix up, and straighten up to come to this Jesus. He came to save you just like you are in all your sin, with all your warts and blemishes, with all your handicaps, with all your failures. Just like you are today in your sin. You'll never get it right. You'll never get it ready. If you don't come today, you're probably not going to come if you're lost. But if you don't know him and you need him today, he came over 2,000 years ago. So on a day like today, you could be saved. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And today, this Jesus who loves you is calling you. I'm going to ask you. If you need Jesus, we're going to bow our heads. We're going to say a prayer together. And this prayer can't save you. My prayer can't save you. I don't have it in me in any means whatsoever to get you saved. But if you will believe what we're fixing to pray together and thank God for, and you'll believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, the Bible says in Romans 10, you will be saved. First of all, we're going to pray, Lord, I thank you that you sent jesus the savior the lamb of god to come to the world to take away our sins and father right now as we're before you and what's being called an invitation you're calling people to come to be saved and i thank you that he died for me on the cross he died on the cross to pay the price the payment to redeem me from my sin to take away the penalty of my transgressions against your law and Lord, today I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that he rose again on the third day and he lives today now to save me from my sin. If I'll just believe him, he said he would receive me and he would give me the right to become a child of God. And Lord, today I'm confessing I'm a sinner, that I'm lost, but I need to be forgiven. And I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my life to save me. I'm putting my trust in my hope. In Jesus I'm asking for the greatest present of all to save me of my sins and Lord I thank you for each and every one in this room that is saved but more than anything I thank you one now for the one that is doing battle spiritual warfare with his eternity he knows he's heard the truth you're not gonna leave him ignorant you're not gonna leave him not knowing you're showing him right now he's lost He knows he's not saved. He knows why Jesus came. He knows Jesus is the Son of God, the only one who can save him. He only needs to receive it. He only needs to acknowledge it. Lord, help him to do that by your grace. Thank you for the faith that has saved us all. Now help that person. And Lord, if that person's here and they've been saved, I pray that they'll bring you glory by coming forward, by professing it, by being just like everyone else who goes and tells everyone about the Savior. Thank you. For sending us Jesus and Lord right now as we sing for that person who has just prayed that prayer who has just went through that battle I know right now if he meant it he feels peace and he's going to have freedom and he's going to be able to come so I'm asking him to come in Jesus name amen if that's you my friend would you come today Jesus died for you he saved you would you stand if you are saved pray for someone who's not you got family that'll be celebrating everything but Jesus pray for them come to the altar and give God the glory but if you need to come today come today for Jesus loves you and gave his life for you.